Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of 219 Green Connect, where we explore topics about the environment and green living in Northwest Indiana. For past show archives, news, and upcoming events, you can check out our website at 219greenconnect.com or join us on Facebook or Twitter. Our ID on both are, is 219 Green Connect, and you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. I'm your host, Kathy Sippel, and today I have two special guests. I have Carla Kenny. She is a master urban gardener and uh, master farmer, master urban farmer, excuse me, master urban gardener. Oh, boy, Kathy, this is live. Master urban farmer and a master gardener. I have both of those as well, so it should not be tough for me to say. She is from uh, Gary originally and resides in Crown Point. And she is a mentee of the Land Ethic Mentorship Program with uh, the Sand County Foundation. And so from the Sand County Foundation today, I have with me Nikki Diadamo-Damery. And she, Nikki is the Conservation Outreach and Equity Director there. And so I'm really pleased to have both of them here talking about their experience in the program and about an event that is coming to our area in July of 2023. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Nikki to just give us some context about the Sand County Foundation and uh, this program specifically. So take it away, Nikki. Hi, Kathy. Um, thanks, for, thanks for having us here today. It's very exciting to be speaking with you and, and talking about our program. So um, Sand County Foundation um, is based in Wisconsin um, out of Madison. It was initially formed to save um, and preserve the land around um, Aldo Leopold's uh, shack where he wrote um, his seminal um, a Sand County Almanac. Sand County is not a real place, uh, but we use it um, to anchor ourselves to Aldo Leopold's work and um, to really help us focus on how we can support private landowners um, and their conservation uh, work. Um, and so we we talk about working at the confluence where um, agriculture and um, uh, environmental concerns meet, and that's, that's kind of the, the big picture uh, that our, our work falls under. Um, I specifically work with a project uh, called the Land Ethic Mentorship Program, and um, it takes that idea out of uh, Sand County Almanac um, of a land ethic, and it puts um, it's, it's geared towards historically underserved farmers and ranchers. And we use the USDA definition for that, um, which is anyone who's a beginning farmer, so anyone who's been farming less than 10 years, um, veteran, uh, anyone who's considered socially disadvantaged or limited resource. Um, and those farmers, most of the farmers in our program are beginning farmers, um, and we worked to connect them with our network of um, Leopold Conservation Award recipients. So those are farmers and ranchers from across the country um, who have been recognized for their excellence in um, conservation on working lands. Um, so that's kind of the premise that our, our program is, is based on. Um, we are excited to come to Gary um, because I think uh, we have. Uh, you're going to meet. You're going to meet the lovely Carla in just a minute, um, and Carmen McKee, um, who runs City Cultivators and Oasis Botanic Garden. 
are also based um, in Gary. And so we are going to do a really fun field day um, on July 16th, which is a Sunday afternoon, um, where we're going to visit three urban farms. Um, we're going to visit um, Carla, and I'm going to let her talk all about her farm. It's going to be so cool. Um, and Carmen. Um, Carmen runs um, a, a farm in Gary where she raises garlic and um, chili peppers for uh, for local markets. And then we're also going to visit um, the Rotary Fresh Start Farm and Bill Carey, who works with that. Um, that's out of uh, next to uh, St. Mary's of the Lake Catholic Church. Um, and it's run, uh, it's an organic farm that's run um, where all the produce goes to people who are utilizing the food bank. Um, so anyway, so we're very excited to be there um, and explore how these farmers are using um, intensive growing uh, techniques and methods alongside conservation um, to create um, oases uh, in our urban context and grow food for, for local folks um, and, and take care of their natural resources. So very excited to be there. Well, that is great. I, I can't wait for this event. And I, I think I told you, um, I wasn't trying to brag, but I said, Nikki, I know a lot of people. Tell me. I'm sure I know who these farmers are because, you know, I've met a lot of people. <laughs> and everyone you told me were people I don't know yet. So I can't wait to actually be on this tour and see the farm. Uh, just before I hand it over to Carla, I'm just curious, Carla, and, and I guess Nikki, too, if you want to weigh in. But the reason I thought I might know some of these people is because I've been involved through the years with the uh, Northwest Indiana Food Council. Um, I've been on an urban farm tour, like in Gary, a couple years ago, and these are all new places to me. So I just can't wait. I'm curious if the Northwest Indiana Food Council has been involved. And uh, Carla said, you know, she got both of the uh, certifications that I got. I'm not going to trip my tongue again and say those, but I worked with... Uh, Pastor Marty Henderson to get my Master Urban Farmer certification, and I'm in Porter County, so I actually did my, get my Master Gardener over this way. But I'm just so curious about, you know, the cross-pollination of those groups who's, who's in this. And then the last thing I'm going to say before I pass to Carla is I'm also the administrator for a group called the Northwest Indiana Permaculture Meetup, and I'm just so curious, like, how we might support these events or, or possibly learn, you know, from these farmers. But perhaps I can save that question until I meet them on the tour. So without further ado, Carla, please tell me anything that you want to, but obviously, you know, the name of your farm, what you specialize in, some things about your experience being a mentee, just anything at all that you feel like is relevant to share. And you've, you've, got, the, you've got the mic. Hi, Kathy. This has been... Um an experience for myself. Um, I officially got started with a true, so I am considered a beginning farmer as well as an underserved. Um, and I did not realize that I was only a, I was a beginning farmer because it starts once you get the farm number. So I got my farm number a year ago. Um, and I got involved with San County over a year ago. Um, through the Land Ethic Mentorship Program. The purpose of the mentorship is actually supposed to introduce me as a beginning underserved farmer to resources that can help me 
kickstart my local growing. So I, I'm, I'm going to take it back to how I got into farming. Um, it, it actually came to me in a way I was going through a difficult time. My mother was sick. Um, I knew this was the beginning of the end. And in 2017, I started growing some things to take my mind off of her illness. And once I started growing and researching more, um, my mother passed. And she's actually from North Carolina originally. Um, and I couldn't figure out why the greens in North Carolina always tasted better than the ones in Indiana that we were growing. I had just started growing. And my mother always told me before she passed, well, it was because of the soil. It's better in North Carolina than it is here in Indiana. So I started, I was in North Carolina visiting my grandmother. And I'm in the grocery store, and I see this beautiful leaf of a collar. And these are called cabbage collars. So started researching about cabbage collars, looked up the term, found a garden center, bought my first seeds, bought them back to northwest Indiana. I have been growing cabbage collars ever since. So then I got connected to the Heirloom Collar Project because, again, I'm learning about varieties because I love collars. They're near and dear to my heart. So I started researching, get to the Heirloom Collared Project, I'm all into the cabbage collars. So they're introducing me to the different varieties. And they're like, well, would you like to consider being a seed saver for rare varieties? Of course I would. This is an excellent opportunity. In the meantime, I started, I signed on to be the seed saver. Then I took the Master Gardener course through Purdue. But prior to Purdue, I had signed up for the Master Urban Farmer course through the University of Illinois, Cook County Extension. The Master Urban Farmer course appeared to have more of what I needed, but I signed up, so Purdue's came first. As soon as I finished that one, and I actually simultaneously did a Gary Urban Farming Initiative through Purdue Extension as well um, in the fall of 21. So by spring of 22, when I started the Master Urban Farming Cook County, I had already come off of those two and went right into another certification. So now I'm learning, I'm getting my passion about my new knowledge about greens, cabbage collars, heirloom collars, and I'm now applying this to try to get a more intensive form of growing this product because Northwest Indiana, this is just not something that we grow, heirloom collars, or most people do a traditional variety. So once I started dibbing and dabbing into the heirloom collars, now I'm doing an internship through Purdue last summer. That is where I met my mentor, Carmen McKee of Oasis Botanic Gardens. And Carmen introduced me to the different varieties of the medicinal herbs. So now I'm a researcher, so once I'm, I have all this background, so now I'm taking this to a whole new level now with the organic herbs. Um, and I started researching the organic herbs. So now I'm like, I had a little inflammation in my shoulder. I was having some issues, and I'm like, Carmen, what can I do to help fix this? And she was giving me some suggestions. So then I started reading more about the different anti-inflammatory herbs, and 
I actually intentionally incorporated these things into my diet, and I literally, the pain that I had on my shoulder was gone within 30 days just by me intentionally growing and eating the foods that I was already growing and just pushing those into my diet. So that's what got me into wanting to grow more, produce more. So as I am posting pictures, talking to people about heirlooms, introducing them to these different rare varieties of seeds, because I have 77 varieties of heirloom greens. Um, I'm also an addict when it comes to heirloom tomatoes. I have 46 varieties of heirloom tomatoes. I have about 27 varieties of heirloom basil that I'm growing, Um, 17 varieties of mint, 27 varieties of peppers. I can go on and on. But I learn as I go. Um, On top of me taking these courses on how to increase my production, how to increase the quality of what I grow, and to maintain a continuous harvest. So that's how I came across. In San County, um, they paired me with a mentor. I'm actually hoping to get another mentor who does more urban farming because so many initiatives put emphasis on the commodity farmer. Well, now the USDA is now taking a look at urban agriculture because we need to get more local produce. Local produce um, and Again, this is all because of my training. Most produce, once you get it in the store, it looks pretty. The color has been, it's a shine on the tomatoes. Tomatoes don't naturally just shine like that. If you grow a real tomato, and I live on a well, so my well water does not produce a shine. It actually has a little kind of like a little, <laughs> little residue from the well water or from rainwater. Um, you're seeing how pretty it looks, and then you find out that there's been a little wax coating put on that to make it look pretty for you to eat. Um, And I don't really care for that now, Um, now that I've learned what I've learned. I don't want food because every day a piece of food is picked off of the vine is a day that you're losing your nutritional value. So I don't want something that has hopped two refrigerated trucks and four, three to four days to get to me. And then they've had to add an enhancer for you to be able to get this out of the grocery store. I'm not, I want fresh. I want foods that taste good, that are good for us to ingest, and I want it locally. I don't want to have to go shop around for my different foods. I want my fresh food now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am I am with you, and I'm just thinking how much more you got out of your training than I did. You're, like, you're really putting me to shame here. <laughs> but I'm just so grateful that people like you are taking this type of education and, and running with it. I mean, I'm just so curious. And so your your farm, let me understand, your farm is called Onyx Urban Farms. Do I have that right? I have named it Onyx Urban Farms, yes. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to hear the story on that, but also you are one of the places that we will be touring uh, during this July 16th event. Do I also have that right? 
Yes, I am stop number one on July 16th, okay. where you will get to see my different varieties of the heirloom collars um, yeah. and my tomatoes and some of the mints. Um, the peppers, I'm not sure how big they'll be, but, you know, <laughs> you will see yeah. my setup. Um, well, it's, can I, I have a two-acre plot. Okay, you answered my question. Thank you. <laughs> I was just trying to get my head around, like, how big is this, and where do you sell? Like, where can people sample this? Do you sell to the public or only to who, – who do you sell to? So I'll be honest. So I have a two-acre plot. I am not using the full two acres yet. Um, I sell to – I have primarily been a word of mouth. Um, certain restaurants that I frequent, I send them, give them a card, tell them what I do. They're like, we want some of your basil <laughs> for our drinks, mm-hmm. or we want some of that for our salad. We want to try some of your tomatoes. Um, I've had an heirloom, um, a restaurant in Laporte. They were just so curious. The chef had never heard of cabbage collars, so I introduced them to them. And he was like, I want yours. I want your greens for my restaurant. Um, so I am pretty much just kind of word of mouth right now. I have done some markets with Carmen um, at Oasis. Uh, I've never done my own market just because I'm always busy. But I am looking to start incorporating more of word of mouth um, and, and market. Um, I will be participating um I have participated with selling some of my plants, my seedlings as well. Um, since I have started getting my success of growing from seed, because I used to never, from 2017, 2018 when I first started, me and seeds just didn't go together, and I couldn't figure out what it was. Mm-hmm. So I finally found out through my classes, one of my classes, I'm like, you know, I'm on a well, and I've been using my water that comes through the softener to start my seedling, and I couldn't figure out why they were flopping. I said, you think it's the sodium? They were like, yes, that's what's killing all of your tomatoes. That's what's killing everything. So now I know to go outside, fill up my water with the, fill up my plant water with the water that has not been treated through my softener system. I would have never known this had I not taken these courses. Great. Well, that that's just amazing. I'm, yeah, I'm so curious now. I'm really wanting to try. I didn't, you know, have this in my head before today that I needed to try cabbage collars, but now I absolutely am obsessed. <laughs> I need to know, and probably other people listening will want to know. Is there any place online that people can find you or a contact info that you'd like to give? Anybody who's curious? So I have not. I have not set up a website. Um, I do have an email address, and I am on Facebook, Carla Kenny. That's where I post most of my pictures. I'm also on Instagram, um, Carla Kenny and Kenny Carla. I accidentally created two profiles. But that is where I post most of my pictures. So people who follow me reach out to me, hey, I want some of your seedlings. And like I say, this year, <laughs> I sold quite a few. I was really surprised. Like, wow, people really want these rare varieties. Okay, let's do it. If you have, and I and I will follow up. I will make sure that my seed starts continue to grow. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's outstanding. Well, I'll I'll get those links and we'll pop those in the show notes. So definitely want to stay in touch with you and maybe maybe we'll do a follow up. You know, when you when you do have those things in place. But love hearing how people got started. And um, is there anything that you know you've had a lot of different training? Is there any way that you can kind of separate out what you got through this uh, mentorship program that you think was really different than what you were getting through the the other types of training? Just any anything at all, your reflection about being a mentee. So, or like who who would and let me follow follow-up question before I turn it over. I'm sorry, I just interrupted you. But, like, okay. also, who would you suggest, you know, from the area that you think would really, that should reach out? Yeah, I'm just, I guess I'm looking for your endorsement and who, who you think this would be great for. Okay, please go ahead. Okay, so some of the things that I have learned with the mentorship, they give speakers. Um, I think it's maybe once a month maybe once every three weeks, you can correct me, Nikki, if I'm wrong. Um, but I had the most insightful um, uh, 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 lunchtime podcast that I had or Zoom session was from someone who was a former USDA loan officer, FSA loan officer. So I learned a lot about I never knew this before, and a lot of people, if you're new coming into agriculture, you don't know this. I did not know that um, when you get a USDA loan, the USDA is really not looking, from what I was told, they're not looking for your credit score. They're looking for your history of paying. How do you, so do you need an equipment loan if you want a tractor for your area? Do you need, and the connections and the information that I gained from that one evening or one afternoon um, course, and then I listened to it about three more times because I'm one of those people, I take notes on every level. Um, So in order, I just never knew about the USDA loan process. So once I started learning about that, I have not applied for a loan yet. However, I do plan on one in the very near future in order to get myself some equipment. Um, I was looking for just more resources, pair me with, um, and we also got connected with NRCS. So, again, I learned about that through the mentorship um, and my classes also, um, the Master Urban Farming at Cook County um, talked about that. But we actually get speakers from these entities. And once you have the question and answer period, I'm the one that's on the end of the call asking multiple questions because if I'm going to do it, I want to be able to do it right the first time. How can I get? So I recently applied for a high tunnel through the EQUIP process, which is NRCS. That's a rolling application period. But the USDA, again, is now looking at smaller farmers. They're looking at urban ag. They've introduced a whole urban ag ag department. So give us those resources that we need because, of course, we live in northwest Indiana. It's a very cool environment. Well, cabbage collars um, are not very cold-hardy. 
So if I had a high tunnel, I could have a year-round source of having those cabbage collars. And I could have that vitamin D and that the vitamin K that greens offer. And I can have that nutritional value plus the good flavor. Cabbage collars, since you were asking, I'm going to throw this in there, they're actually sweeter than traditional collars. And the reason they're sweeter is because of the cross between somehow they have come between cabbage and collars. So they give you a sweeter flavor, sweeter variety, but they're nowhere near as cold-hearty as the ones, the Georgia Southerns and the Morris Heading and the Bates that you'll typically find in the grocery store. Fantastic. Gosh, you're a wealth of information. Thank, thank you so much. I mean, I, again, I cannot wait to meet you, and I also feel like I don't want to end this episode without just, like, name-dropping the people who I did meet on that other urban farm tour, you know, in your general area. Because if people don't already know about these as well, I just feel like maybe by everybody knowing each other and getting to visit, you know, one another's farms, maybe maybe this can even become bigger, you know, and more knowledge shared. Or perhaps, you know, this mentorship would be appropriate for some of them. But the first one I'm thinking of is, unfortunately, he passed away not too long ago in the last year. His name was Marshall Willoughby. He lived in Gary, and he was, like, one of the first people I ever met who taught me about permaculture. He was just like such a neat, neat guy. So I'm just messaging, you know, obviously he's not going to hear it, but I just want people who know him to know he's in my mind. And then Aja Yasir. I don't know if you ever met Aja Yasir. But she, I met her. Is she the lady that got in trouble for having her whole front yard pulled up? I read about her. You, yeah, you got it. I was the one who helped her start that petition and helped her build that retaining wall and, like, went to court with her, and I, I love her. I, her yard inspired me to get rid of all my turf grass and to do my yard the way that I've got it. And she has a podcast, too, which is absolutely outstanding. I've learned, like, some of the things that you're talking about uh, with the water, I've learned from listening to Aja Yasir's podcast, and her podcast is called um, Abundant Living, and I'm going to pop that in the show notes, too, because I think anybody who's enjoyed what you have shared will definitely enjoy Aja's. And then, like, some unexpected really cool gardens over there, like the, um, oh, I'm going to get it wrong, but it's like the Center for the Blind or the School for the Blind. There are some people growing copious amounts of food. Yes, and, you know, yes because they request really... master gardener volunteers. They do. Okay. Yeah, I just so enjoyed their facility, and they were just delightful. And then, um, this is outside of Gary, but in East Chicago, like what an amazing aquaponics um, production they had going on inside their greenhouses. I mean, that was just a treat. I had no idea about all that. And then many, many years ago, there was a gentleman that was doing uh, aquaponics training up there at a place, I think it's called Matthew's Nursery in Gary. And I went there and was just completely inspired to see tomatoes growing aquaponically in December in Gary, Indiana. So, I, And then last one, Corey Hagelberg. I think he's working on a, a food forest or maybe community gardens with, uh, what's it called, My Brother's Keeper or Our Brother's Keeper. I might have that wrong. I should have done more research. Brother's before, Keeper. But I, is Brother's that it? Okay. Keeper. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I just want to spend like several days going to all these places and, 
you know, maybe interviewing some more folks and just find out who knows who and what methods are using and, you know, who could benefit from this uh, mentorship. But in our final minutes, we don't have too much time, but I just wonder, Nikki, is there anything else you'd like to say about this event or just any any other details uh, before we have to sign off? Yes. Thank you, Kathy and, and, and Carla. I, um, I always enjoy hearing what you were doing, uh, because I feel like I learn more and more each time we talk. Um, a couple of things. One, the Land Ethic Mentorship Program is free for anyone who meets that definition of um, historically underserved. And you can find information about how to enroll. Um, some people in, are involved with it. Uh, uh, they have one-on-one -on -one mentorship relationships. Um, some people just tune in to the webinars and uh, find a network of other folks that are learning and exploring um, these uh, production techniques together. Um, and some people take advantage of our field days and uh, conference scholarships to participate in person, like, like Carla mentioned earlier um, about the CTIC conference that she attended. So if you're at all interested, please check out our website. You can send me an email. I'm happy to talk to you about the program, um, and it is free. Um, we are doing one of those field days, as we already mentioned, in Gary, Indiana, on uh, July 16th, which is a Sunday afternoon. We're going to meet. Uh, the bus leaves at 1 o'clock from the St. Mary of the Lake, uh, St. Mary's of the Lake um, uh, Catholic Church parking lot. Um, we're going to start as early as 1230, um, and we're going to go see Carla, and then we'll go see Carmen, and then we'll come back. Um, to the Rotary Farm uh, to wrap up the, the afternoon. Um, we Thank will you. have a dinner as part of that um, event. And then, um, yeah, it will be a great chance to learn from, from other folks and, um, and, and get to meet and, and talk to people like Carla um, and, and see, actually see what she's doing. And, again, Thank this, this, so this field much. day really... Yeah, we're almost out of time, but thank you. Go to the website yeah. for any details that you didn't hear. And uh, you've been listening to another episode of 219 Green Connect. I'm so sorry to cut you off there in the middle, but um, we will have mm -hmm. the, the link in there. You can go to uh, the website that we've told you about and get the full details on their, their event page. That is all the time we've got. I'm Kathy Sipple, and thank you to my guests for joining me for another episode. <music>